Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Today, we're going to talk a little pro wrestling. Dick the Bruiser was a force to be reckoned with in and out of the ring. And if you're an old-school fan of pro wrestling, you're probably familiar with the name Dick the Bruiser. But if you grew up in the Northeast or during the Wide World Wrestling Federation era as I did, you might not have ever seen the Bruiser wrestle. The Bruiser's real name was William Fritz Afflis, and he was born in 1929 in Delphi, Indiana. Athlis played football in high school and college at Purdue University and later at the University of Nevada. While attending school in Nevada, he also took a job as a bouncer at a Reno nightclub. Athlis was good enough on the gridiron to get drafted by the Green Bay Packers, where he played both the offensive and defensive line for four years from 1951 to 1954. Aflis suffered a football injury to his larynx, which caused him to have a gravelly voice for the rest of his life. Aflis embarked on his second career, wrestling, in 1955, soon after leaving the NFL. He wrestled under the tutelage of Vern Gagne, and spent most of the early years wrestling in the Detroit area. He quickly built a reputation as a rule breaker who didn't always follow the script. The Bruiser, as he became known, also had a reputation for being on the wild side. In November of 1957, the Bruiser and his tag team partner Jerry Graham wrestled the tag team of Antonino Rocco and Edward Carpenter at Madison Square Garden. Graham, like the Bruiser, had a reputation for pushing the envelope and abandoning the script. After the match ended, the wrestlers continued slugging it out. Things escalated quickly as fans threw chairs, stormed the ring, and a full-scale riot ensued. As police officers and fans entered the ring, the Bruiser tossed them out, one after the other. Dick the Bruiser received a lifetime ban from the New York State Athletic Commission for his efforts, and he never wrestled at Madison Square Garden again. That wasn't the only incident involving the police and the Bruiser. Take, for example, what happened in 1963 at a Detroit-area bar. The Lindell was co-owned by pro football player Alex Karras, 
who had done a little wrestling professionally before joining the Lions in 1958. NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle had suspended Karras for the 1963 season for betting on NFL games. Karras had a family to support, so he figured he'd take advantage of his prior wrestling experience and earn a few bucks by taking on the bruiser. They staged a fight at his bar to draw interest in their upcoming match. One night, the bruiser came strutting into the bar at around 1.30 a.m. and started taunting Karras, who wore glasses and was known to have difficulty keeping his weight down. The bruiser called Karras four eyes and fatso, just as the script had called for. Then the two men started fighting. Everything went according to plan until somebody in attendance who didn't know the fight was staged hit the bruiser in the face with a pool stick. Cut and bleeding, the bruiser went berserk and tore the bar apart. It took eight police officers to subdue the bruiser before taking him away in handcuffs. In the process, two officers suffered serious injuries. But let it be known that the bruiser didn't do all of his damage outside of the ring. He was also a monster in it. He had success wrestling individually and with tag team partners. Wilbur Schneider, Reginald the Crusher Lusadowski, and later with Bruno Sammartino. Along the way, the bruiser held numerous titles individually and with his tag team partners. Dick the Bruiser was inducted into the World Championship Wrestling Hall of Fame in 1994, the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2005, and the WWE Hall of Fame in 2021. He got involved on the management side too. In 1964, the Bruiser and his tag team partner Wilbur Schneider purchased the Indianapolis National Wrestling Alliance promotion from Jim Barnett and renamed the territory the World Wrestling Association. Athlas ran the WWA while continuing to wrestle from 1964 to 1989, finally retiring at age 60. Two years later, at age 62, Athlas ruptured a blood vessel in his esophagus while lifting weights with his adopted son. He was rushed to the hospital where he died of internal bleeding. Wrestling fans will forever remember Richard Athlis as Dick the Bruiser, the world's most dangerous wrestler. That will conclude our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and God bless. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, 
Here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.